in week three today of our series uh, called The Perfect Fit. I believe that God has a place for all of us. Uh, We talked about in the first week that we were created on purpose for a purpose. God has great purpose for your life, and His desire is to see you walk in that. And so we talked about how we should be continually unwrapping the gifts that God has on the inside of us, and that God sees your life as valuable. And so that was week one. And then last week, we talked about how um, the great or the Good Samaritan, how we, uh, one of our purposes is people, is moving toward helping people and helping the hurting and making sure uh, that we move to the other side and we can help people uh, when they have a need. We we said it like this, that Jesus said uh, that I have come to bring you life and bring it to you better or bring it to you in abundance, or you may have the better way of living. I've come to reveal that to you. Well, if we're imitators of Christ, then that means one of our responsibilities here on this earth is to is to show people the better way to live, to come alongside them and say, hey, you don't got to do it that way. Here's a better way to do it. And we can share our truth and our revelation and our testimony of, of how God has has made our lives uh, more victorious in him. And so we shared that last week. We said it this way. We said that God's solution to the world's problems is the body of Christ. We don't wait on politicians. We don't wait for education. We don't wait for the Fortune 500 companies to figure everything out in our world. Instead, God's design to solve the problems of this world is when his body, the body of Christ, the local church, take their place and live the way God has called them to be. That's the way that we fit in our community. Can I get an amen? We said it this way, that heaven is our destination, but we have an earthly purpose. Heaven is our destination. It's where we're going. It's what, it's what we're going to uh, uh, land in in the sweet by and by and forever and worship with our king. But right now, God has a great purpose for us here on earth, and we need to be about it. That's the thing. Is you know, It's one thing to say, yeah, heaven, and it's another thing to say, oh, we believe in the local church, and we believe in the move of God, and we believe that this world needs hope and a savior. But, it, but it's a whole other thing to actually position our lives to do that and walk in that and be set up for that. You know, I hear all the time, you know, people, uh, you know, saying things to me like, oh, pastor, you know, I'm concerned for our religious liberties and I'm concerned for our freedoms and I'm concerned for all of these other things. And those are pressures that we are facing. Just remember, anytime there was ever persecution against the church, it produced great revival. Are you with me? But it's not going to happen unless we're about it, unless we understand we have a purpose and we have a place in this body and a function to function in. So today I want to share with you about what is that place? Like, where are you supposed to fit? And and what does it look like? And what does the Bible say about how our gifts and our purposes come together to accomplish things in his kingdom? Uh, uh, We homeschool. And uh, and so, of course, my wife is the teacher, which uh, I actually uh, have done this terrible thing. Uh, I've told my children, uh, like, to call her teacher. And my son is very sarcastic like me. And so all throughout the house, if you're at our house, you'll hear him yell from the other room, teacher, <laughs> to my wife. And I should probably correct him on that, but right now I haven't yet. It's still funny to me when he does it. But because she's the teacher, I'm the principal. And when I was thinking about this curriculum, I was thinking, you know, they may need a principal class on this truth because our kids in the next generation, all of us have believers, we truly need to understand that When we got a purpose and God says we have gifts, that wasn't just like a cute little idea that got thrown out in Scripture. It's it's a truth. It is a core of our theology, which we're about to read. When God says, when Jesus teaches us that, hey, this is a body, the body of Christ, and all of us have a function in it. 
I want my kids to realize, like, you know what? In your life, there's a lot of great things you can do. You can accomplish a whole bunch of things. But being the function that you're called to function in the body of Christ is the most important. Are you with me? And so I hope that we can walk away understanding the power that comes with us functioning the way we are called to in the body. Matthew chapter 16, verse 1. There's a ton of stuff in here, but I'm going to pull just a couple things out. But it says this. It says, the Pharisees, so religious leaders, and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him. They were trying to trip him up by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, when everything or when evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning today, it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. He says this, you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given to them except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left and went away from them. Uh, It's also a tie-in to another verse where Jesus is saying, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. So they're over here. We need a sign to believe. We need a sign to believe. And the reality is about this, he's already done miracles. He's already done healings. He's already done all these great things. Uh, and, And so they're saying, no, we need another sign. We need another sign. If you could do a sign in the sky... And so he kind of gets them on two ways here. He's like, look, you're, you're never going to be satisfied. Uh, you're always going to be, because I've already done all these things, and we wrestle with the same thing. How often does God deliver you? How often does God save you, set you free? And all of a sudden, a year later, you're asking God for another sign. He said, you're blessed if you're somebody who can believe even when you don't have the signs. And my concern about the current culture of church in America is we see all that's going on in the world and we're still hesitant to move out because we're like, if God would just give us a sign, if I just knew which way this was going to go and this was going to go. And he's like, you know, blessed are those who even without a sign still move out and discover what God has for them and walk the way that they're called to walk. He's also getting on them. He's saying like, look at you guys. You can look at the weather. You can look at the things in culture. You can look at all these things but you miss that it's the fact that it's the signs of the times. I believe he could say the same thing to us. Look at you guys. You know politics, and you know this, and you know that. You know all this about all this, but you're missing the fact that this is our hour to go. Are you with me today? Don't, don't, Don't get caught up in all the things of the world and miss that this is our hour, and we do. We get busy. We miss it. Um, there's this revivalist. He comes out of the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina in 1901. His name is Vance Havner. He was licensed to be a minister at 12 years old. Uh, He then got ordained at 15 to be a full-time minister, and he preached all over America for his entire life. He wrote over 40 books. And when asked about how to defend and support and advance the church in America, he said this, "Nothing nothing can be said more to defend the church than to attend the church. Everybody's so concerned about pastors. They're trying to do this to the church and pastor. They're trying to do that to the church. I know that I'm not ignorant. I see all of those things, but the best thing that you can do to defend and support religious liberty is to be in your church is to be serving in your church is finding your place in the body and rolling up your sleeves and being what God's called you to be in your local church. Can I get an amen today? And and, and look, the, the persecution thing gets me excited because I'm a little bit of a fighter. And, uh, and so I like the fact that there's literally, think about this, there's actually hundreds of lawsuits against social media right now because they've discovered that there is suppression happening on social media for religious organizations. Censorship's happening that are undeserved, and they're all in court cases right now. Uh, in the trillion-dollar package, whatever that we're seeing right now, and I'm not here to get political on those, but I'm just saying be aware of the times. Jesus is saying pay attention to the times because in that package that has just been passed or onto the next thing, 
There is support and aid for every kind of school, but there is exemptions. Christian schools are not allowed in that package. Why? Because there's an attack on religious freedom. There is one. And so what are you going to do? Sit back and complain and reshare on Facebook? Or are you going to find your part in the body and get ready to serve and make a difference? Can I get an amen today? Nothing can be said more to defend the church than to attend the church. Let's get plugged in. Let's start serving. Let's find our purpose. Let's find our gifts. Let's find our function in what God's called us to do. I can't do that right now, Pastor, because, you know, Yellowstone just started back, and I need to stay up late on Sundays. I got to stay up late on Sundays. It's football season, Pastor. You know, it's my one time of the year where I can really, you know, spend... Well, it's summertime, Pastor. I can't serve in summer. I can't find my function in the body because, you know, we got a boat and we're summer people. And we have all these excuses. And Jesus might say the same thing to you. You're missing it by a mile. Can't you discern the times that we're living? It's time to find our function. Can I get an amen? And it's such an honor. This isn't like a chore or a hassle that God has chosen us and called us. It's our privilege that we get to the scripture says, co-labor with Christ. In being the people that he's called us to be. We talked about a couple weeks ago. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. He's using us to advance and build and establish his kingdom here on earth. Uh, one of the translations for ambassador is representatives. I like this one better, promoter. If you've ever watched boxing, you know the promoter, the hype man that comes in and represents the, 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 the fighter. That's what we are. We're called to be God's promoters. Spokesman is another translation for it. We need to position our lives in a way that we're constantly ambassadors for Christ. We're representatives of him, not just here on Sunday among one another, but at all times we find our function. I thought this was interesting. Uh, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, it says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day uh, and be raised to life, or must be killed and then on the third day raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. He was going to correct Jesus here. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous, but we try to do that all the time, right? Uh, no, Jesus, you don't understand. I need you to do this. So as much as this sounds ridiculous, we try it, don't we? Okay, none of you. I do. That's fine. Maybe the Facebook people do. That's fine. Um, so he said, this shall never happen to you. I'm going to rebuke him. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. Uh, some scholars believe that Peter here was very concerned uh, that if Jesus were to die, maybe he didn't believe the resurrection was actually going to happen. But his thought here was like, oh, no, if Jesus is taken off the scene then what's going to happen to all of us? We need Jesus for any of this to happen. We need Jesus to be the one who handles all the things in our presence or none of this is good. So we can't have him die. We can't let this happen to you because we don't know how it will turn out for us. Isn't it interesting that we battle the same thing? Oh God, we want you to move in our city. We want you to move in our nation. We want you to move in our thing. Uh, but we need you to do it, Jesus. You can't leave it to us. You can't plan on us to be the function. And Jesus is saying, no, all of these things got to be fulfilled. All of these things have to come in place. Why? Because he's establishing the body of Christ among the church. Am I making sense today? 
He's saying, like, no, 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 we got to understand that God uses us in our function. And I know there's a lot in this scripture, but I'm pulling out this point of like, God established his church, which is us using our gifts and our functions together as the body. Are you with me today? Uh, I love that he said this. You need to be a people who deny yourself, take up your cross. You got to be a people who the scripture said, don't be about human concern. Think about this. You should wake up in the day. You should wake up in the morning and think to yourself, now today, when I'm following God, when I'm listening to God in my life, I'm eliminating human concern. What does that mean, Pastor? It means this. You don't make decisions based on, "Mm, how's this going to affect my money today? I know God's calling me to it, but how will this affect my money? How will this affect my reputation? How will this affect my calendar? We need to not have the concerns, the mere human concerns, but the concerns of, like the scripture said, of God. God, what are you calling me to do? How am I called to function? What are you asking me to do in this? My concerns are of the kingdom, not of human concern. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 says this, For though I was free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all so that, I might have, so that more might have salvation. Verse 23, and I do all things for the cause of the good news so that I may have part in it. What's the scripture trying to teach us here? The, the, the teaching is that, yeah, you're free. Do what you want. Go ahead. I mean, go ahead. Don't be connected. Don't find your function. Don't find your place. Don't, don't be, a, you're free to do what you want. But the teaching here is like, it's better when we're a people and wake up and say, I know I'm free today. I know I can make my own decisions, but instead I'm going to be a person who lays down my life so that more might experience salvation. I know that I'm going to make decisions in my finances and my schedule and in my prayer life and all of these things. Why? So that more people might find salvation. Are you with me today? That's our purpose. That's our fit. That's our function is that we, we live to serve people. Uh, I wrote it down like this. We're here to serve people, not speech people. In the 80s and 90s, I'm a church kid. You guys know that. I grew up in the 80s or I grew up in the 90s in church. And, and you kind of watch through the 80s and 90s. There was a big tell you what to do movement. There was a get up on the soapbox and start screaming things at people and the bullhorn stuff was established and this was called witnessing. And so uh, I'm not so opposed to street evangelism if it's done in love and compassion and kindness and your heart is right. But if all we ever do is want to say things to people, we're going to miss it by a mile. And so like Christian t-shirts came out with bumper stickers and bumper stickers were always like speeches toward people. Better get right or you're going to, right? And that's turn or burn, you know, and you drive by a church sign and it would be like, the middle of July, and it'd be 100 degrees. And I'm like, if you think it's hot outside today, wait till you get to hell. You know, and I was like, uh, that's not effective. <clears throat> and so we were speeching to people, speech, 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 all these just talks to, and we never took the time to like love people. Uh, I wrote it down like this. Uh, they teach us in education and they teach us in parenting. How do you spell love? How do you spell love? T-I-M-E. It's time. It's how people experience love. You're taking the time to get to know and to listen and show compassion. And so when all the church was doing was going past the world and yelling at them, it wasn't showing them love. Are you with me today? Think about how Jesus came on the earth. He's walking around, going from town to town, village to village, and he's basically gathering crowds saying, come with me while I. While he's changing the world, while he's proclaiming the good news, while he's doing all of these things, he's gathering people to do what? Spend time with him. Because love is time. And so we got to be a church. We got to be a people who say, I got all these human concerns. I got all these things going on. But I'm not going to let any of them come in front of the way that I'm going to love people with time and me being present and me being there. Amen. 
We said it last week. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We can have all of our theology perfect and squeakly, squeaky clean, perfect. But if people don't realize how much we know, how much we love them, they, they don't care how much you know. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 begins to break down how God's calling us to come together as his body, how we establish his kingdom. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. But I say to every one of you through the grace given to me, not to have an over high opinion of himself, but to have wise thoughts, as God has given to everyone a measure of faith. We've all been given a measure of faith. Verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one in the body of Christ and individually members of one another. It's beginning to give us this picture of like, we're all different parts. We all do different things, but we make up one beautiful functioning body. Verse six, having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us. Here's the key word. Let us use them. The key to all of this that you're, you're created on purpose for a purpose, God believes in you, God's all that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is so that you can know who you are, so that you can walk in the gifts that God expects you to use. We say, I got it. God wants us to use our gifts. Now, this holiday season, you're going to get some gifts, and there might be some gifts you don't actually even use. You're going to get a gift that you're going to be like, oh, this is. So sweet. I mean, hopefully you got a couple other parties coming up that you can do the re-gift thing before the season's out. <laughs> oh, this gift is so amazing. And then you put it away. And then uh, a year later, you didn't even use it yet. And so you go, oh, I'm going to get rid of that. And then you're going to go down there to the Grant Me Hope thrift store that just opened up this week. Can I get an amen? And you're going to donate it over to them. And, and, and they're going to change the world that way. And so it's going to be a beautiful thing. Uh, but what happens is many times you get a gift in the natural world and you're like, man, I don't, I don't know about this. God has given you a gift spiritually. He's given you a function in his church. And the expectation is that you use it. Ah, I'm not in the mood. It's not my right season. No, no, no. God's called you and equipped you and purposed you to be a function in his kingdom and in his church. And, and honestly, I'm telling you, frankly, like you really don't have the choice to use it. People say, oh, people say this to me all the time. Oh, pastor, we really want to get connected. Oh, pastor, we really want God to use us. Oh, pastor, we really want to do this. And I always say, yeah, join a team, get involved with what God is doing. And, and, and then you're going to be, I hate to use the word satisfied, but that, that longing of your human heart, everybody wants to be a part of something great. It comes when you find your function in his body. God has gifts that he wants you to use. Can I get an amen? Two points for you. And then we'll be out of here. The point number one is this, your gifts have a purpose. When God said you should use them, the reason or the scripture tells you you have gifts and you should use them, it's because they have a great purpose. It's not to entertain you. It's not so that you feel good about yourself. It's because they have a mission to accomplish. Uh, let me break this down for you, a little bit of theology. When you got saved, you became a Christ follower. You said, I'm in, and, and you joined, and God forgave you of your sins, and you're in. What you did on that day was you actually joined a family. You joined the family of God. And it's a pretty awesome family because it has a lot of diversity to it. What's awesome about the family of God is it's non-denominational, but it's also Pentecostal, but then it's also Presbyterian, but it's also Lutheran, and it's Catholic, and it's even Baptist. I know, hard to believe, but it is. We're the family of God. We're the family of God. You joined that family. You're a member of the family of God. And uh, Jesus calls it a body. The family is the, is the body of Christ. But then the Bible goes on to say that Jesus is the head of the body. 
So we're the members. We make up the function, but Jesus is our, is our leader. He's our director. He's head of all. He's Lord of all. But you've joined this thing. Now, there's a lot of things you can join. Uh, you can join a bank. We actually just closed down our house uh, this week, and so I'm working with banks and all these different things, and they're constantly trying to get you to join the membership of whatever their thing is. Oh, we'd love to see you be a member of our valued, be a member. Maybe you're a member of a sports team. We watched a lot of games yesterday or, or over the weekend. You see all these sports, and you're like, man, this is our team, and we're here to win, and we're going to die out there because we belong to this team and we're going to fight, you know, and they got this whole, I'm a, I'm a member of this thing. Uh, but think about this. You're a member of the family of God. I don't know if we realize like the unbelievable honor that it is that when you got saved, your sins have been forgiven. And the scripture says that you're now sons and daughters in the family of God. We're in the family of God. So every day we should be waking up and being like, hey, you know what? Today's my day to function in my gift because I'm a part of the family of God. Are you with me today? So point number one is your gifts have a purpose in the family of God. You have a purpose. But what I see people miss it is people say, oh, pastor, you know, I just don't know if I'm making a difference. You know, I could never preach. I could never lead a song. I could never get up in front of people. I can't, I'm not going to be an evangelist. I'm not going to be a missionary. I just don't know if I'm going to make a difference. And here's what I want you to understand today. In our body, my physical body, uh, there's a lot of external parts. There's visible parts that I could live without. I could live without this arm. I could live without ears. I could, I could lose a leg. I could lose all of these other things. But my visible, my invisible parts are my critical parts can't live without a brain. You can't live without your heart. You can't live without your lungs. You can't live without all of these things. So don't let the enemy lie to you that just because your gifts might not be visible to everybody, that they're not important. These critical, vital things that people might not see are incredible. I thought about today, uh, the most important part is not that I'm preaching right now. The most important part of this sermon is what I did that you guys didn't see. Prayer, worship, study the invisible things. So don't let the enemy say, ah, what you're doing is not visible. It doesn't make that much of a difference. If you go back home and you're worshiping and you're praying and you're fasting and you're seeking the Lord for things, I believe that those times and those giftings and those functions in the body are insanely important. Can I get an amen? I thought about this, uh, even television, you know, we watch all these sports games and, and we think that the most important thing is the game. Oh, four quarters and we got to give it our all. That visible part is not the most important thing that made that game go one way or another. The thing that made that game go the way that it needed to go was stuff that nobody saw. The nutrition, the workouts, the film study, all the things that nobody saw. They don't televise any of that stuff. The steroids, all the things that go into... <laughs> nobody sees that stuff. Nobody sees it. But that's what made the game. That's what made the game was all the things that people didn't say. And it's the same thing in the kingdom of God is that, that, hey, there's a whole bunch of things that it might not be this and it might not be that. But don't let the enemy lie to you that you're a part. Well, nobody saw us. Uh, pray for that person. Nobody saw it. No, pastor didn't know. Nobody knew. Nobody saw us set up and tear down happen. A few people in the building, but all these chairs got set so that people could hear the, the good news of God and have marriages restored and people set free. Kids ministry up there. Now, kids' ministry can sometimes be a tough chore. Sometimes, you know, there's a whole bunch of kids up there, and it's crazy, and all stuff is going on. And, and uh, I come in the next day, it still smells like kid farts and Pop-Tarts up there. <laughs> it's a hard ministry. But it's an amazing ministry. And so not everybody sees it, not everybody, but it makes an incredible difference. Are you with me? I thought about it like this. I don't wake up every day and go, 
okay, good, my thumb. Thank God for this thumb this morning. I don't wake up and go, okay, all right, thank God. First thought in my mind is like, all right, my ear. But if I ever woke up and something was wrong with my thumb or I didn't have my hearing, I mean, right away I would recognize that something's not right. And it's the same thing in the body of God. When we don't find our function, when we don't find our place, it's recognizable in the kingdom when we're lacking. Are you with me today? That's why I had such a hard problem with churches that stayed locked down for so long and and wouldn't advance and wouldn't trust God. Why? Because it was a kingdom of God that needed everybody fully functioning in a time of crisis, and we were missing people. Are you with me? And so it's, it's important for us to not believe the lie of enemy that, oh, no, you got to be seen for you to be valuable. No, these, these invisible parts make everything happen. Point number two is this. Your gift is unique. Your gift is unique to you. Your gift, you, you say, oh, well, I wish I could be like that person's gift, or I wish I could do it like that. No, Scripture says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God made your gift specific to you. There are some things God didn't give you. Uh, many of you, I could pull you right now. You might get a little sweaty, even if I pretended I was going to do it right now. Pull you up here and say, all right, I'm going to have you come up here and share. Public speak in front of everybody. Get up here. There, you just pee yourself. Puddle on the floor right here. <laughs> Wreck the stage. Some of you, public speaking, that, that wouldn't be your thing. Uh, maybe singing. Maybe singing. Like, you know, s- some people have the gift of singing. Some people don't. I don't have the gift of singing, uh, but I sing anyway. I love it. I, I sing around the house all the time. I'm always singing. Uh, my first two kids were very tolerant of it. They never said anything mean to me. The third child, uh, who we say is our fun one, uh, she literally will be singing, and she'll say, Dad, that's not very good. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't like you. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> she's my favorite. She's my favorite. But singing, and then, and then it gets even worse for me, like artists. You know, some of you are very... Uh, you can draw and you can paint and you can do all these things artistically. And uh, like I said, we just closed on our house and I had to sign all the papers. And, and I mean, I might as well just signed it with my feet, you know, after I'm like writing out all the things. And, and uh, some of you, though, you, you can do Why? Because all of us have different and unique gifts in the natural world. I'm here to tell you it's the same thing spiritually. Don't be like, oh, I, I got to be the missionary. I got to be the pastor. I got to be the worship leader. No, God created you with a unique gift and it's important for you to discover it. Technology, like I'm so grateful for the tech. If, if, if we didn't have tech, who knows what church would have done last year. But they, they, they know how to put things together. And Doug researches things, gets teams, and does all this kind of stuff. And uh, I'm over here still trying to figure out how to turn the iPhone on and off. I thought the button on the top did it. Why'd they move it to the side? You know, many of you feel that pain, right? You know, for some of you non-tech people, you don't know this either. Your inbox on your mail you know how it has thousands of little notifications on the mail thing? You're supposed to delete and empty those. Those aren't supposed to remain at thousands of, uh, you got to pray for your tech ability to clean that up. But some of us, we got all these different things. And here's what I love. Here's what blesses me the most uh, in ministry. I love pastors and I love worship leaders and missionaries and all that kind of stuff is amazing. But some of these unique ministries that we've seen launch where people said, you know what? I believe that my gift is unique. And so like hope packages where they come in and they help kids who've been transferred in a time of trauma or hand-to-hand ministry has been established because somebody understood that God put on their heart a unique need. Are you with me? Or uh, many of the different ones that we do, uh, like nestling diaper banks, all these other ones that we partner with in our community, Kids Hope, all these other things that have been established that are unique needs that are now changing the world because somebody said, I got a unique gift and I'm going I'm to run with it. Amen. Uh, we see in scripture that uh, Peter and even Paul, 
They were sent uniquely to different people. We saw that Peter ministered to the Jews and Paul to the Gentiles. We see that there was a unique calling on their life. God made us all different with different tastes and different styles. Corinthians goes on to teach us that. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 says, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, am I not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? So going on to just kind of talk about if we're all just one-dimensional, if we're all just trying to be the one thing, then we're not going to function in our full purpose. Amen? I'll close with this. Uh, I want to kind of lay that out to you, too. Here's what we need uh, as a church uh, in America. We need all pieces coming and working together. When the, when the Bible lays out ears and eyes and seers and all this stuff, I believe that these directly connect to some of our spiritual gifts that God gave us. We need a church full of people who are the ear people. What's an ear person? An ear person is someone who can take that call and you know handle it. <laughs> Let me talk to him. That's like a pastor's dream is to answer a phone if somebody else is, hello, I'm preaching a sermon right now. Can I? <laughs> it's always someone who skipped church too. Oh, forgot you were in church. <laughs> so the ear people, the ear people are, are listeners. The church needs listeners. The church needs people who can, who can pray and listen and then come in and say, hi, pastor, here, here's what I'm hearing. Uh, they, they listen really well. They listen to other people. So we need people in the church who are ear people, who can, who can get in groups and who can get in other environments and can take the time to listen and, and work through and, and be there for other people. You can't let the world be the sounding board for everybody or the advice that's going to come back is going to be negative. Are you with me? So we got to be the people who find our function and we can be that listener. Uh, nose people, some nose people in the body of Christ we need. Why? Because they can sniff things out. They're discerners. We need discerners. We need people that can come into situations and go, oh, this... This isn't lining up good. This, this situation here doesn't smell right. We need, to, we need to go this way and not this way. And God's, God's given them discernment, given them some ability to kind of say, we should go this and do this way. We need that in the body. Uh, we need eyes. We need vision people. We need people who say, no, you know, I'm going to be committed. I'm going to find my function in the body. And, and vision people are people who can see things and plan things and have vision for things and, and plan things well out in advance. They're vision people. They see things. We need that. We need leg people in the, uh, in the church. We need people who know how to get things moving along, keep things moving forward, keep things going. Nobody likes a stuck, stagnant, old, boring church. We've all been to those. We need, we need people in the body functioning and moving and advancing. And so all of us are, are, are some of that. I could go on and on about all these other things, but, but much of the functions of our physical body line up with our spiritual gifts. And so it's important for us to say, hey, what's my part? How can I be a part? Because here's why it really matters. If we aren't taking our place and walking in our function in the body of Christ, we all feel it. You ever get hurt, you sprain your ankle, you, you bend your knee or something like that, you get hurt, and because you have an injury here, all of a sudden, because you're, you're favoring that, now your hip or your back or something starts to hurt somewhere else, that's what happens in the body when we say, ah, I don't have time, I'm not going to find my place, I'm not going to press in, I'm not going to do this. Somebody has to make up for it somewhere else. And it causes pain in the body. Are you with me today? 
And I know we can get busy, and I know we can do this, and I know we can do all that. And that's what they say, that the, the tactic of the enemy is if he can't ruin your life through drugs and alcohol and all of the other big things, he's going to just keep you too busy to find your function, find your place to keep the body strong. Are you with me today? And then lastly, we just remember that all of the movement, as much as your gifts are important and much as your purpose is incredible and all of those things, we always remember that the head of it all is Jesus Christ. He is our leader. We don't do anything unto ourselves. We don't do anything unto our own name. Everything we do is because Jesus leads us in it. Amen? So we've identified one thing. I want to give you just a couple of testimonies because I just got a couple minutes. But we've identified in the last couple of weeks a couple of ways that we're saying, hey, this is where, you know, we got to find our fit. We're in the series Perfect Fit. We got to find a better fit here. We got to strengthen this thing up. We got to make sure we're functioning as a body. We identified two things. Uh, one was our student ministries. We said our 6th through 12th grade all the way back to covid uh, to hear it's just been such a hard time having consistency and getting that built and using our facility. And so we launched to everybody like, hey, if you have a passion to reach this generation, our 6th through 12th graders, if you want to help them, if you want to maybe be their ears, they need some ear people in their life, some nose people in their life, some some vision people. They, they need that in their life so that they don't go get that direction from the world. Amen. So if you're saying, man, I got a heart, I could help them. I could do that. I could connect with the teenagers 6th through 12th grade. I said it this way in first service. Hey, if you know how to eat pizza, you're qualified to serve in student ministries. Student ministry is amazing. Come back there, hang out with them. They're real. Uh, they'll, they'll just tell you what's really on their heart. They're amazing. Uh, you, you get to eat some pizza, throw back a couple Mountain Dews. Jess doesn't let me go back there anymore. Otherwise, I'd still serve, but I can't eat that stuff. So, But this generation needs us to come in and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you function. This is one of the times that we need to discern the times. Remember the beginning we talked about Jesus like, oh, you can predict all these other things, but you haven't discerned the time. Our teenagers need your help. They're facing some crazy stuff. You, you, you guys thought high school was bad for you. You guys thought college was crazy for you. That I'm, I'm telling you, it's every time I read an article or I get something sent from, from I'm like, is this, is this fake? I feel like every time I read what our teenagers are facing, it's like Babylon B, right? It's like a, it's like a satire site. Like what? And that's their daily basis. Are you with me? So if you're interested in saying like, I'm, I'm going to find my place and I'm going to, I'm going to connect in the body in the terms of the sixth through 12th graders, you can text the word serve uh, to the number there on the screen and we'll start a dialogue. I want to say thank you to everybody who signed up um, to meet that need. getting a little emotional because I'm thinking about any time, I'm just telling you, I know you can sense it. Any time there's a great revival on the cusp, the enemy tries to take out a young generation. Any time. Moses, Jesus, all, anytime you see something's about to be established on earth, they go at the young. So I'm just, I'm just telling you, as much as it's hard to watch what we're watching among young people, we need to be grateful because we understand what's on the other side. Amen. So text the word serve to the number of the screen if you're interested. And, um, and we're going to just make student ministries incredible um, coming forward. So that's a good one we'd love for you to do. If you can't text the word, you can go down to our information booth. And our lead team is back there. And uh, they can get you a serve card. And uh, you can find out some of the areas that you can serve. Uh, but we'll take care of you that way. Another amazing testimony. 
is uh, the last couple weeks I've been telling you about how we're switching hand-to-hand to be a family sponsorship. And uh, I know today is kind of the, the day that we gave to turn in your pledge and, and uh, sponsor a family. And uh, I know some more will come in today, but want to just say thank you to all of you because we've already met the need of what we need in terms of family sponsorship. So give it up to God for that. Thank you for... Thank you for being the fit and finding your place and, uh, and making that happen. And then uh, another really amazing thing that just, that just shows you uh, how cool God's hand is on this. Um, we told you, like, hey, we want to be a position where uh, everybody's covered. We're able to just go and buy and be in a position to just meet the need as quickly as we can. And so this week, this is what happened on Friday. Uh, Friday, about 12 o'clock, we found out that the Zealand Public Schools were closing for all of next week. But we had food to deliver next week. So all those students who were not going to be in school for an entire week needed their meals. And so we're like, oh, my gosh, they're going to be done with school by 3 o'clock. What are we going to do in these three hours? But because of family sponsorship and the way that everything's structured this year, we were able to put everything together between noon and 3 and go get everything delivered so that the kids had it for their week off. Come on, give it up to God for that. That's all invisible. That's all invisible stuff. That's all stuff that you don't know that's going on and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm saying. Those places, those functions are so critical and um, well done to every single one of you. And so I'm just here to tell you as your pastor, this is so much more than me just being like, got to get plugged into the church because we need volunteers. No, it's like, let's find our function in this privilege that is being a part of the family of God so that we can establish and advance his kingdom here on earth. Are you with me? Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the way that you lead us and love us. And God, I thank you that um, you have been a God who leads us in the way of using our gifts, talents, treasures uh, to meet the needs of people in our community. And God, we don't want to hold that back. God, we're saying, uh, give us the passion, the motivation to be a people who say, uh, we're not concerned with our human concerns, but God, we're concerned with the concerns of heaven. Give us the heart of heaven, Lord, so that we can move out in the way that you've called us to. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.